0: Hey everyone, I'm Michael. And I'm Richie. Welcome to What's On Second, a true baseball podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of What's On Second, a true baseball podcast. It's Richie and Michael back on the diamond again. Hey. Michael, how you doing, buddy?
0: Well, I, life's good. It's always good when you're smelling the roses and not pushing them up, which... For a second, I thought you were the, talking uh, about
1: smelling the rosin, but hey, I mean, either one.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, we know that Mad Max likes to do that. <laughs> yes, and, uh, especially after Domingo. last episode. The, the Guardian's bats have been... Uh, pushing the daisies up—that's for sure. Yeah, they have not looked well. I mean, they—they've never had a good April record, even with Tito since 2013. So it's one month. We got several more to go through. There's. Well,
1: speaking of one month, I found out an interesting stat for you, just to kind of get this game started before you give us our lineup card. Dusty—it was from Sunday Night Baseball. So Dusty Baker apparently was really hellbound on winning that game last night. Not that he wasn't trying to win all the games, but I mean, yesterday was really important to him. And uh, they said, Dusty, why is this game so important to you? He goes, well, if you average 15 wins a month, that will get you right around the 90-win mark, which would put you right in the playoff contention, usually pretty much put you in. If you get 90 wins, you're pretty much in. That was why he was so important, because that was the Astros' 15th win last night. The Phillies got their 15th win the night before. I'm now I now see a light at the end of the tunnel. You have to shoot for 15 wins. The Phillies got over 500, which we talked about how slow their April was. And it was like pulling teeth at the beginning. And now all of a sudden they learn how to play baseball again. And uh, as uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later, uh, the reinforcements are on the way. There's a superhero calling and it's the man we need. He's (laughs) he's beckoning close. Uh, You didn't know superheroes were real, but we're going to talk about there is a real superhero in real life. uh and he's coming to philadelphia very shortly well actually he's going to show up in la first but that's that's where they are now what do we got on the lineup card there mr michael before you
0: spoil that for the listeners for those who don't you know pay attention to baseball news no offense guys we're just playing here Mm -hmm. but uh the lineup card for today it's going to be a very short Lineup card. I'm not going to say short episode. I've given up on saying short episodes. Yeah, we could we have saying a,
1: that, and it never, it never happens. So
0: we could have a a topic of all right. This is going to be the only thing we talk about. Who's my favorite team? And we'll end up going on a four hour long episode out of it. So who knows? But
1: God, willing, we're just going I to do a quick a four hour episode. I'm going to need a lot of drinking <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're just going to do a uh, quick little uh, review here just to let, you know, our thoughts out on how April went. Uh, the lack of positivity in a grand scale from Cleveland's side, how Philadelphia is doing. Kind of look over just some general stats this year so far that are standing out. And then the standings, because, you know, there are a couple teams. One that we're not entirely blown away by and the other that no one could have written a Hollywood script for. Not even, you know, Kevin Feige. So it's only fitting that we kind of got to talk about him. Then, you know, we'll kind of wrap that up with the news that Richie just told us. Kind of ish hinted at with the we return of the lead. superhero. We buried
1: the lead like professionals that we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Before going into really what this just entire episode is going to be about, which is Bawk Talk. Richie. Let's just kind of cut to the chase. Who's this superhero that's returning to Philly? Ah,
1: you didn't know superheroes were real until you've learned that the man, the myth legend Bryce Harper is set to be in the lineup as of we are recording on May 1st. He is set to be in the lineup as of May 2nd. He is returning from Tommy John surgery only after 160 days of rehab and Everything else went to L.A. this morning and had his meeting with uh, Dr. Neal. And I'm going to butcher his last name. El, Tr- El Trace. I apologize if that's not how it's pronounced, but forgive me. I'm reading as best I can with that meeting was basically to be cleared of all for all baseball activities. He was. It seems as if he has been cleared for all baseball activities. Everything looks good. He is set to be uh in the lineup more than likely tomorrow. He will D.H. We all kind of knew something was up when the Phillies didn't opt him onto the 60 day DL right away when the season started because we were all expecting that because most people who come back from Tommy John surgery it takes about mm, I don't know it takes a long time a a (laughs) while I'm gonna go a while
0: sbnation.com in an article from 2019 stated roughly that well at the time there was only 36 position players that had ever undergone Tommy John and their rough recovery time was about 11 months which isn't nearly as bad as the year plus that it can take pitchers, especially because, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't use their arm to the severity that pitchers do, let alone you can really kind of get around it if you're a uh, uh, just batting. Like Shohei Otani uh, in 2018, October 1st of 2018, because, you know, Anaheim likes to avoid the playoffs, had the Tommy John procedure. Yeah, and... no shade
1: thrown at the angels at all, but My goodness, <laughs> holy cow. I love the
0: angels. I love the angels though. And I just God, hold...
1: shots were it's... so <laughs> I was not uh, prepared for the shade to be thrown at the same time. You gotta be prepared for anything, my friend. I uh, should be.
0: It's, uh, but he returned to uh action pretty much at the same level of pitching in 2020. However, if you remember, he returned to hitting in twenty nineteen, and I wanna say if it wasn't immediately at the you know beginning of the season, it was maybe a month in, then he got cleared to hit, you know, all he did was DH. But it's it's not uncommon now, it's seeming as time goes on, that the recovery window, at least for position players, is starting to shrink. Although okay. this year has seen already an outstanding amount of Tommy John's done. Uh-huh. Uh a lot of them seems to be at the lower level and even down into high school, but we've already seen uh, JT Brubaker for the Pirates go down to Tommy John, Ian Anderson had it, who uh-huh. was in the AAA for the for the Braves, and we've also seen now uh, Chris Bubich for the Kansas City Royals yeah. go down with Tommy John. I don't want to say that it's 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 not totally common, but it's not uncommon to have to to see so many people going out with it, it's kind of unfortunate. the The rate that Harper came back is just absolutely astounding. Uh, the work ethic that he's got in the grind to you know make himself healthy and get himself back out on the playing field to be with his guys, especially yeah. after a World Series run and high expectations this year, I'm I'm not entirely surprised.
1: Uh, to put it in comparison, so that way everybody kind of understands the timeline of this, because if you don't really pay attention, you wouldn't really have known that. I mean, you knew he had surgery, but you didn't know how fast he truly has come back. Uh, Harper had surgery on his right elbow, uh, TJ surgery on November 23rd of 2022. Remember, the Phillies were playing baseball into November last year as well. So he was playing with this UCL tear for the entire postseason, the entire season in general. He was not in the field, as we all know. He was DH exclusively. He was in there for every single—he was playing every single day— the estimate had him returning around the All-Star break. Eyebrows were raised when the Phillies did not place him on the 60-day uh, injured list at an opening day, which kind of raised eyebrows and said, oh, could Harper be back by mid-May? Yesterday, uh, Rob Thompson indicated that he could return to the lineup as soon as the Dodgers series, which begins this evening, uh, May 1st. Thompson also said in his in-game interview on Sunday Night Baseball that it's possible Harper could be in the lineup on Tuesday as the DH. Good bet now. He's in the lineup as a DH on Tuesday. I mean, I would not be (laughs) shocked because if he got cleared, he wants to play. He's tired of sitting on the bench. He's going nuts. I can already guarantee you that. And given that Harper did not go through a spring training and has not participated in a minor league rehab assignment, he's bypassing both. Uh, Instead, he's been facing live pitching from rehabbing big leaguers, Nick Nelson, Ranger Suarez, who both just went down on their rehab assignments. Uh, Nelson being a mid to long reliever and Ranger obviously being a starter as well as a series of Phillies minor leaguers in the recent weeks. Big news because the Phillies have turned it around. They have won, I believe they're on four series in a row. Uh, They beat the Rockies. They beat the Mariners two out of three and then went out to Houston. We beat Houston for two out of three. And now we're on our way here. uh, Los Angeles uh, as it goes here. So big news, really surprising to see him back that quickly. He is continuing to do his practice at first base. If you see him in the field this year, which we don't know if we will, more than likely it's not going to be anytime soon. But if he does decide to do this, he's going to be at first base. Uh, He has been practicing over there. He's been training over there. A, the throws are a little shorter, obviously, so he doesn't have to like rip his arm apart throwing from the outfield again. The key to this is, and people are saying, well, why is he coming back so fast? It doesn't make sense how could he possibly do that well here's what you have to remember and this is also the case with Shohei as well Shohei and Bryce both bat left-handed they are naturally right-handed so when they bat the right hand is actually their bottom hand and it's not really their driver it's more or less the guiding hand in those situations for a right uh, left-handed batter so really the strain isn't on their right on that arm or anything like that, which is why they can be so successful batting, which is why you saw last year Bryce had no problem hitting for power in the playoffs or anything like that. There was nothing missing because all his power (laughs) comes from, obviously, his legs and things like that. But also, that right arm that was hurt is not the, the main source of the power. He and, obviously, Shohei back in 19 are able to get back to batting right away. They can get in game shape. The biggest thing they were worried about was sliding for Harper. Now I think they've made agreements and I think you know, we'll see how long it takes for him to break this agreement because Bryce is just naturally aggressive and he can't help himself. But I believe every slide, unless it's a pickoff, he is supposed to be sliding feet first to not tear up his arm. We'll see how long that lasts. I, <laughs> I, I love the concept in theory. We'll see what happens in the end. You didn't know that superheroes were real. There is. His name is Bryce Harper. He's starring in his new Avengers movie. It's coming out next summer. Um, (laughs) But it's incredible to actually see getting ahead by two months of that. Really coming back. The Phillies now a game over 500. They're fourth in the NL East. But really, they're kind of like, it's a jumbled mess behind Atlanta at this moment. So they're right in the thick of everything. They did exactly what I told them they needed to do in April, which was you got to have at least 500 ball to get out of April. And uh, hey, just like Dusty said, we needed 15 wins to average 90. Well, we got 15 wins. So all things are coming up rosy right now in Philadelphia. The re- the reinforcements are coming. It's like the scene in Endgame. The circles are opening and the reinforcements are coming through in the form of <laughs> Bryce Harper, uh, soon to be Ranger Suarez. And a couple other guys are on their way back. Andrew Painter's on his throwing program. So, you know, good Lord, things are happening. It's uh, it, it's looking good.
0: Uh, yeah, it's looking good for your your boys. Mine, however, from what I've understood, are kind of um, playing on par with how they've done, like I mentioned at the beginning with Tito. So some of the starters are there. You know, you, you're getting what you expect from Bieber. Uh, you are... Not entirely getting what you expect from Cal Quantrill, who's on the Hill tonight against the Yankees. So it's got me a little worried, although they're a head case in and of themselves right now.
1: That's Don't worry, that's going to be a topic of discussion later. Oh,
0: absolutely. But then Plesak is kind of looking on par for how he has been, you know, where it's up and down. Although, like, I'll admit, he just seems to have horrible, horrible luck and doesn't get a he does not support. have good
1: run sport whatsoever
0: so you know it has to get into his head which I can't blame him one bit but you just got to go out there and do your best to forget about what just happened and try to get the next guy on that note though we did have a couple of uh, new kids just like last year come up and uh, make a, their debuts and kind of make a statement that is going to in all likelihood, in my opinion, at least, give Cleveland some some food for thought, at least. Uh-huh. Our prospect Logan Allen made his debut the other day pitching against, I want to say it was the Marlins. He went six innings with eight strikeouts, only gave up five hits, one walk, and one earned run. Just absolutely looked like a stud out there, painting the corners, uh, going up, down, Inside, outside, changing speeds, eye levels, he he was pitching. He wasn't throwing. I mean, it was, I think that's, you know, one way that people can describe how a pitcher's doing their thing, which is they're either throwing the ball or they're pitching it. And he looks like he could be the real deal if this sort of kind of extends on. Uh, he just made his first away start in Boston yesterday, where he got the, I'm pretty sure he got the loss which is unfortunate because he only Uh gave up two runs with zero support from his defense or his offense. But uh, he still, he battled, he never gave up, and it didn't look like he let the fact that the team was not hitting behind him uh, kind of get under his skin. He did have, I'm pretty sure when he gave up the two runs, it all pretty much came down to an error by the MVP of the Guardians right now, which is uh, Rosario, I wouldn't entirely be mad if we let go. I know as soon as we did that, he would end up turning into the Ahmed Rosario that he has been for us, which is a,
1: you know, late bloomer. So I have a question. I'm going to pause you really quick. If you were to get rid of Rosario, how do you replace Rosario? Do you move? um, uh, Wow. Yeah, thank you. Jimenez over to short and then put somebody at second. Or do you have another shortstop over there?
0: We have a couple of kids that can go at either second or short. So whatever uh, Jimenez would be willing to do. One of our top prospects in the minors right now is Brian Ro- uh, Rocio. I think is how you pronounce his name. We called him up the other day to take a roster spot, but we didn't end up using him and then immediately sent him back down. He's one of our top 10 pitching pro- or not pitching. Uh, he's one of our top 10 position players who uh-huh. happens to be a middle of the infill guy. Another one that could make some you know, sense if they were to bring him up would be to bring up Tyler Freeman, who has been up to the majors before. I think it would be kind of ish, similar to the Oscar Gonzalez experiment uh-huh. that they're going on right now. I, I feel bad for Gonzalez because Brennan's playing well, which is going to start eating into his opportunities, and he's just trying so hard. Uh, he's probably trying too hard. But we, we have in-house options with our prospects that we could make do with. And if someone's going to be grounding into anywhere from five to seven double plays and making errors and just bad timing situations, I would rather it be a prospect who can learn from it as opposed to a in supposed to be in his prime seasoned player who Shows it has shown before to the fans and to everyone that he, he should be playing at a higher level. So that's that that's what I would do is kind of just go in house.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's not an out. Of, I'm not saying it's a go out of house situation. I was just oh, curious yeah. if you guys had somebody that I didn't know about down there ready to no. go oh. or anything like that.
0: Yeah, we we have a couple uh, of players down there. I think another situation that Cleveland's gonna find itself in soon, which they've already actually started ish on this track is their catching situation. So when camp broke, Cleveland decided to take three catchers, which is a kind of a little bit of a curious move, but our main primary catcher is Mike Zanino, who is getting the most action he has had in the past few seasons because he had a thoracic outlet syndrome uh surgery. However, they the Guardians did today just designate I'm going to butcher his name, uh but our our third string catcher more or less, and called up a prospect whom I've only heard very little about, but he's a catching slash infield player. His name's David Fry, so he'll be making his major league debut at some point. Although this is the, all the guys that we have right now, Zanino, Cam Gallagher, and David Fry are just kind of stopgaps until Bo Nailer's ready, which it's getting to the point where I would just rather Bo be up here. I was going to say, is,
1: is Bo up here yet, or is he still down no. in AAA?
0: He's still down in Triple A, which I mean I get it because you know you have Zanino who is really not having a bad season. I don't think he's having a horrible year in terms of production. Now he's not a very good defensive
1: catcher. He now, has I was had a ton. Say of, he has got a ton of pass balls, if I remember.
0: A ton of pass balls. He I don't think has thrown out one single batter, which I know a lot of catchers are. Having issues with that this year, which is kind of the point, and the fact that pitchers can only step off real or throw over to first once, or sorry, twice, and then the third time if they do it, they have to get them or else it's an automatic buck. I think over the next month and into June, we're going to end up seeing uh some guys get a little bit like of like a last chance sort of deal. Like you, you got to start playing better defense. You got to start getting a few more key hits. You, you know, you don't need to go hit nine hundred, but. You gotta you gotta do a little bit better. You gotta that. do something. <laughs> exactly. Uh or else you're gonna maybe see uh Bo Naylor come up. You'll see Brian Rossio and and or Tyler Freeman get the reps at second or short. But the between Logan Allen coming up and making it a case for uh the Guardians to say, what are we gonna do whenever Savali's back and even more importantly McKenzie in our last episode? Uh, I know that Richie made a comment about how long it would be until Tanner Bybee came up. Although it, I'm going to pronounce it BB, because that's how uh, it should it, be. We exactly. are. In a, it's the
1: official stance of this podcast. It should be BB. We don't it's, care. As, <laughs> as, we don't care if it's actually Bybee. Incorrect. Correct your name. There you go. Continue. There from you go. from here on,
0: you. from here on, we're going to say BB. However, I'm going to end up getting used to hearing Bybee, and it's going to end up coming out. So I apologize. <laughs> But uh, the Guardians must have listened to the episode because they immediately, within the next the next few days, called up Tanner Bebe. Uh, he made a start his major league debut against, I believe, the Rockies. And just like what Logan T. Allen did, he stopped us from getting swept and uh, really looked really really good. Had a good fastball, good command. Again, just like Allen, he pitched. He went. Up, down, outside, inside, change speeds, change the eye level. I mean, it, it, he looked good, for a, for a rookie at least. Absolutely. Uh, and, and his line in his debut was uh, 5.2 innings pitched, 8 Ks, gave up 6 hits, no walks, and he only gave up, just like Allen, one run. These kids are just going to give Cleveland a... Uh, headache that obviously they're not going to mind having to deal with. In that start, Tanner B.B. became the first Cleveland pitcher since at least 1920 to record five plus consecutive strikeouts in an MLB debut, which is honestly an impressive feat. Mm
1: -hmm. Even
0: though it's against the Rockies, it's still a major league team that has a ton of talent between Chuck Nasty and Chris Bryant. Chuck Nasty. Can't
1: stand him. (laughs) He's the biggest (laughs) thorn in the side for the Phillies.
0: And then also uh, another statistic for both Logan Allen and Tanner Beebe. It was a couple of pretty impressive debuts for him as uh, both of them had eight strikeouts, which tied them for fourth with Floyd Weaver and Fred Blanding. Uh, A couple of names that, in all honesty, I've never heard of. However, uh, the third most strikeouts for an MLB debut... For the Guardians team, at the time they were the uh-huh. Indians, was uh, Herb Score in 1955 when he struck out nine. In second place is Tristan McKenzie, whom in 2020 struck out ten. And then in 1964, Louis Tion, who I'm pretty sure began his career in Cleveland, uh, struck out eleven. And then to give just a smidge more of some info, the the bullpen for Cleveland has been struggling which is a bit surprising, you know, and in, in terms of uh, class A is not struck out as many people. Uh, the last stat that I heard the announcers talk about, he had eight strikeouts and in 14 innings, which in theory sounds like a good amount, but for him, it's a little bit down and he's already got two blown saves, but uh-huh. it, kind of in a way it's, it's not a sophomore season for him, but he was finally the guy, the focal point last year. So maybe it, it kind of is. And he'll just, I feel like he'll kind of come out of it.
1: Well, it's kind One of the of our... inverse because it's so funny because uh-huh. we talk about you and I, we talk about the bullpen all the time. We always talked about how Cleveland's bullpen is straight up ridiculous. One of the things I was always jealous of is because Philly's bullpen is always usually trash. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then the phillies obviously heard me and uh this whole offseason re- retooled the whole bullpen and now you look at the phillies bullpen in the last 14 games they have an mlb best 0.83 era with 54 strikeouts it's kind of sh- stunning to see that go but you know that final four that i quotingly, and i will make the branding myself here going forward but for that team i mean with soto Alvarado and in no particular order Soto Alvarado becoming really the closer now Dominguez and Kimbrell uh, obviously Kimbrell was also taking down closing role as well a little bit but you know between those four guys first off Kimbrell the shocking thing is I'm shocked that he's got any sense of stuff back but he looks like he can pitch again that was my worry when we got Kimbrell was he was hooked and it was yeah. just a fly on the wall let's hope he can do this again and he's actually surprised me he's back to pitching like a real pitcher. I didn't know that was possible. I know the other guys yeah. are not surprising to me, but him being that way is is crazy. And then seeing it versus like where I see your guys is at, which Class A just hasn't been as shut down as I'm used to being seen. Not saying that he's yeah. falling off a cliff or anything like that. He's just not as locked in, I guess, maybe is the right word, or maybe it's just that, it's, it's or, just not... Or maybe the results aren't coming out as much as I would see them, but... I, I think he just
0: needs a little bit of time to just get into it i i had obviously there's been a lot of pitchers who have not been totally affected by this pitch clock thing maybe class a has been a little bit one Look guy how long it definitely, took nola
1: and wheeler to figure it out i mean geez uh, they finally just looked like themselves this last week
0: one guy in the cleveland bullpen that has not fallen into that rut is eli morgan who has been our best bullpen pitcher so far this season four days ago the guardians tweeted out that Eli Morgan had 10.1 innings pitched with uh, a 0.00 ERA, 12 Ks. He has given up uh, 11 hits, but he's only walked two and given up one run, but it was not earned. Uh, So we have that bright spot. And it's partially one of the reasons why I'm not entirely worried about them. But just to finish up this Guardians talk before we kind of just talk about the standings and the stats to round out this segment i think they're going to be fine i think at the end of the day they just need to kind of find themselves uh, tito's going to work with those kids uh i mean look at his resume with cleveland look what he did with boston he's a hall of fame manager he'll, he'll figure it out i think the biggest thing is Allen and BB are going to, uh, like I said, give Cleveland some food for thought and wonder, all right, how long are we going to go with Quantrill uh, before we move him to the bullpen, which I think is what they would do. And how long are we going to stick with Plesak, which I feel like Plesak may come off as a good bullpen idea, but I don't know if he would just personally want to do that.
1: I think he's going to have to be cut, dealt. dealt or cut, one or the other. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll go ahead and... Transition just to some general info around the league. Uh, I have no idea what in the world is going on with the White Sox, just like most people, if not everyone, around the baseball world. Uh, on Friday, Bob Nightingale, well, a post on the socials from Sports Key to Baseball oh, tweeted. This a, is the one
1: you sent me, is it not?
0: I believe so put a po- a screenshot of a Bob Nightingale tweet that said uh, just when the Chicago White Sox didn't think it could get any worse, they lost 14 to 5 to the Rays. At the time they had lost their last three games by a combined score of 29 to five. They have a, a lo- they have lost eight consecutive games or at least at the time they were seven and 19, which is their worst start since 1986 at that time, only the A's had lost more games which is just astounding for the amount of talent that they have on on that roster. I mean, yeah, they they had they had their own Javier Báez incident the other day with uh Luis Robert. He hit a ball that was almost like a swinging bunt uh, that the pitcher got and the only throw that the the pitcher could even muster up just by the way that him running after the ball, you know, kind of gave his body the ability to do it was a lob to first. You could tell that, I mean, like maybe right out of the box, he had a little bit of giddy up in his step. But when he was getting closer to the base, he just stopped uh, sprinting and the ball barely beat him on that. So if he ran from the get go and hustled, he easily every day. Anyone could have been I could have (laughs) and I'm not a fast guy. What did Pedro? I'm pretty sure the White Sox manager's name is Pedro Griffall. uh, What did he do? Immediately yanked him. Which I totally agree. And especially for a club like that, where you have pretty high expectations, even after last year, and you are so totally crapping the bed, you, you that's unacceptable. And that precedent needed to be t- set. So hopefully, you know, they start turning it around soon because that was just absolutely ridiculous to see.
1: Uh, they're, they're an embarrassment, honestly. I think you and I both listened to uh, you sent me this clip about a uh, caller for a sports talk radio station. that called in and just destroyed that team. I mean, and, yes. and he's completely right. And we're not going to go over that entire call. We'd be here all day. But when you are literally only a game ahead of Kansas City, who is in total rebuild mode and has made it yep. clear they're in total rebuild mode. Yep. And I'm not blaming Kansas City. Kansas City actually is retooling. And they have some things that they're building on, so I give them credit. But like they're rebuilding when they're totally rebuilding, and you are only a game above them, and you have the arms of Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Tim Anderson when he's healthy out in the field, mm-hmm. uh, Luis Roberts a pretty darn good center fielder when he's got his head attached. You know, when yeah, your boy. best hitter is Jeff Berger, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not talking about minor league guys. You're talking about guys that have some decent amount of skills here. Mm-hmm. And you are eight and 21 as we sit here today, a game ahead of the Kansas City Royals. That's embarrassing. At this point, I'd be like, what am I, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. A- and that's what this fan basically said was, what are we doing here? What's going on? Why are we, What like, what are we building? We're building nothing. We're just stewing in our own. We've made these signings. They, you know, they signed Ben this year. They signed a couple other guys that I can't remember, and they're doing nothing. I mean, Josh Harrison was there last year, and it's almost like he came out of there, and all of a sudden he's got his game back again because he's playing on a a prove-it deal with Philly, a $2 million deal, and he's a, don't get me wrong, he's a glorified backup. He is not a starter, but he's a great Mm -hmm. backup piece. He's a great guy to give me, you know, a couple of, you know, a day off here and there for my starters, but he can he's hitting, he can do some stuff. He's not great, but it's not bad by any stretch. It's bonkers to see. The Chicago White Sox are a disaster of an organization. Yeah,
0: I, I I want to say that the biggest surprise is still the Rays, which for they are the most well for the most part. They are twenty three and six as of today's recording, uh, with still a plus over a hundred at one hundred and three run differential, definitely leading that division. Although Baltimore's creeping up on him at nineteen and nine, only three and a half back. Obviously, this is May first. This is nine. not going to look anything like this, for the most part at least, that we would assume, come the uh, the end of the regular season. So going down the rest of the division, uh, well, all of the divisions in baseball, the Yankees are in last in the East, which I think is absolutely gorgeous.
1: The Twins are in first in the in AL Central currently. They're the only team in the AL Central with actually at a plus run run differential. At the moment, which is kind of shocking, but they are at a plus 26, whereas everybody the cl- next closest is Cleveland at a minus 17. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I'm not surprised that Minnesota's in first right now. They they have talent. I'm. They also have currently the best pitcher in the game. Uh, Sonny Gray is 4-0 and oh. with a 0. .77 ERA. Uh, with 35 innings pitched, he's given up 25 hits, three runs, only three earned runs, no home runs. He has walked 12, so a smidge on the high side, higher side, uh, but he's got 41 strikeouts and a whip of 1.06, and his opponent's batting average is 197, whereas Garrett Cole is the next best pitcher at 5-0 with a 1-1-1 ERA, 40.2 innings pitched, giving up 23 hits, uh, five runs, five earned. No home runs for him yet with 11 walks and 44 strikeouts with a uh whip of 0. 8, 0. .84 and a uh opponent's batting average of 0. .169 yeah. uh, one of the guys that just everyone wants to talk about Shohei having a phenomenal year he's finally gotten over well he the got inflated
1: one. last last start he was he yep. was down at like 0. .72 before his last start yep. and he got inflated because he gave up he, like 5 runs in 80 or 5 runs in 5 innings or
0: something like yeah. that yeah so he's still 4-0 but he has it. Uh, he has such horrible ERA at 1.85. I know, what uh, the heck. In 34 uh innings pitched, he's given up 11 hits, 7 runs, 7 earned. He has given up two home runs. It looks like he's hit he's hit six people this year so far and he actually has walked 17, which is kind of high. But uh he's gotten 46 That strikeouts. was mostly
1: inflated on his last stat too. He was not that exactly. high before. That last start against Oakland was a of course, against Oakland of all teams, was huh. a freaking anomaly. I don't know whether he just like lost mm-hmm. lost command or whether he was just like, I'm playing Oakland, I don't care. Yeah. Um. Yep. He was not locked in. Let's just say that.
0: He's got a .82 whip and a Sterling opponent's batting average of uh, .102. That was just a blip. Uh, hit that oh, last yeah. start. But uh, some other pitching notables, Justin Steele for the Cubs is having a dandy 2023. He's 4 0 with a 1.49 ERA, 36.1 yesterday, pitched. though. Yeah. He got whacked um, yesterday.
1: His numbers yeah. were much lower than that yesterday. He, he yeah. had the same thing and he got whacked by the Rockies. So I don't know whether these good pitchers come into these teams that are not supposed to be really mm-hmm. good. And then just all of a sudden they're like, eh, I'll mail it in. And then they get yeah. shellacked for like five yeah. runs and inflate their ERAs. But
0: yeah, I think another pitcher who I don't personally think is going to sustain it, but I could be very wrong as Wade Miley. Maybe he's having a career resurgence right now. He is only three and one, but he's got a nice one point eight six ERA with twenty nine innings pitched. He's one of those
1: guys that I don't he, he doesn't have so Miley doesn't have really electric stuff. It's a uh-huh. lot of pitch to contact. I call him more of a Framber Valdez kind of pitcher. He's a pitch to contact guy and he just as long as the defense is doing their job, he'll get them. But he gets a lot of ground ball outs. He's not a K guy. I mean, nope. don't get me wrong. He does, so he does
0: strike out, but yeah. he. You're right. He's only got 19 so far this year, but he's only walked four people. Right, uh, he's got control like crazy. Yeah, in 29 innings pitched, uh, he's given up 600 runs, two homers, with a 1.00 uh, whip and a still good batting average from opponents which is two 227 uh, but to kind of move over to the hitting side i might have been right in our predictions i think in one of our f- first two episodes uh talking about Luis rise
1: we both talked about him yeah he's dude can yep. hit barrels man dude is a barrel it's
0: disgusting uh he's hitting 438 it just seems like he gets a hit in every game and at the rate that he's going if he doesn't hit 400 what he's gonna have to hit 380, 390, some economical number. yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, his other stats so he's had 89 at bats, played 25 games, has 39 hits, five doubles, one triple, one home run, and 11 RBIs. Uh, he's only struck out five times and he's taken 11 walks.
1: You said uh, he had one home run and one triple, correct? That's that's right on yep. the stats. Do you know when he did those?
0: Was it in it against Cleveland? No, no. It it was in the same game because he almost hit for the cycle, didn't he? No, he, he, hit, did, hit he did hit for the cycle. He did hit for the cycle against
1: Philadelphia. He hit yes. for the cycle against Philadelphia. The first he was the last person to give the cycle to Miami. That it means all thirty teams now have a person that has hit for the cycle. Yep. He was the last. Miami was the only team that didn't have somebody to do it. Yeah, and then he did it that game so he hit his one triple and his one homer (laughs) philadelphia you're welcome Luis. happy days (laughs) for you don't do it again
0: the average leader in the american league is matt chapman who is hitting 384 which is bonkers because he does not come off as an average guy but
1: you know what he does do ops for days because his ops is off the mark right now
0: 1.152
1: that's his ops Holy yeah, cow. 1.152. 1. Oh my God. It's well,
0: better than rises. Now there is a Philly that is in the top five for uh, batting average, and that would be Mr. Marsh. Yes. So I just, I love watching him. Uh I love, the hair, caveman, I love Caveman the Marsh? Yes, Caveman Marsh. And that's exactly why I like watching him. Home run leaders. It's a tie between the polar bear and Max Muncy, who uh, is seemingly having a bounce back here. Yep, uh, they both they both have eleven, followed by Rafi Devers and Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs, who both have ten. Outside of a couple of, I don't want to say anomalies, because there's a good amount of surprises that we're all having right now. Which, with the new rules, is to be expected. Uh, it's been an interesting year in terms of stats so far yeah. through the first month. But going back through the standings, uh, Texas is still in first in the West, which. I'm not totally surprised by, but they caught a bit of a break in uh, DeGrom's last start. Uh, He got pulled and you could tell that it was a forearm issue. You saw there was a video of Maddox saying forearm. He already hit
1: the IL too.
0: Yep. He hit the IL, but it seems like he is avoiding again, major surgery. And I'm pretty sure Bochy said that it was all precautionary, which with the amount of money that they just invested in DeGrom's arm, And his injury history, I would 100% do that to be precautionary as well. And Anaheim is still playing to some degree well. Uh, They're 15-14, and just two and a half back in the West, and have a plus-18 run differential. So nothing crazy, but for how they've played in the last several years, I still think that's a a positive sign. Moving to the NL East, uh, the Braves are well into first, although they're only three and a half up on the Marlins of all teams, with the Mets at fifteen and thirteen, and then the Phillies, I want to say surprisingly, in fourth, but that division's not a flow away right now. So it's you can't say you're surprised, but I I would have thought they would have been up where Miami's at. Well um, I mean
1: you technically are. If you look at the if you look at the NL East right now, it is Atlanta's at nineteen and nine. And then you have Philly, New York and Miami all literally right next to each other it's 16 and 13 15 and 13 15 and 14 it's just a matter mm-hmm. of not even amount of games so far i mean granted the mets in atlanta are already in a double header right now trying to make up some time that they lost over the last yep.
0: two days the other biggest surprise that is what caused me to say it might not entirely be tampa bay now is the fact that the pirates are 20 and 9 through the first almost 30 games they have a plus run differential of 48 uh, and have, even though it's a small lead over the Brewers, a game and a half, who knows uh, with St. Louis off to their worst struggle in decade or their worst start in decades, it it could very well end up being Milwaukee and Pittsburgh this year. I don't entirely think that'll be how it ends, but with the way they've been playing and uh, with pitching that they've gotten with the hitting, uh, quick congratulations to Drew Maggi, Magi. Uh-huh. Uh, finally, after 13 years in the minors getting called up, and the other day he got his first major league hit and RBI against the Nationals, which was just such a cool uh, awesome. highlight to see. Uh, huge congratulations to him. The biggest surprise out of the Central outside of Pittsburgh is the fact that St. Louis is just not playing well at all.
1: We're going to talk about that. That's in Bok Talk, trust me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then
0: rounding out this recap segment is with the NL West. Uh, we're not surprised, or at least I'm not with Colorado. I'm not surprised with San Francisco because they're not completely out of a 500 record right now. They're only five games under. And then the top three are still, it's it's the same situation where they're bunched up enough to where you can't, you know, you're, you're totally shocked Arizona is still in first by assumption, way of a tiebreaker over the Dodgers, both at 16 and 13. And then San Diego's right there
1: still. I will say uh, there is one shocking part about the NL West, and I'm going to quickly interrupt you for it. It's, hit me with it. Uh, Arizona and LA both are plus run differentials. I mean, plus 17 for LA and plus five for Arizona. Arizona's uh, not the surprise. I mean, Arizona's a surprise that they're plus five, but I mean, not surprising that it's only plus five. It's San Diego at being at minus 13. Um, And now I know that the roster is finally starting to fully come back into form. Tatis is back. You know, shocking that they're still minus 13 at this point. So we'll see if that stays. I have a high doubt that that will stay minus 13 for very long.
0: But we'll go ahead then and march on to our final segment of the episode. Richie, lead us with the Bok Talk.
1: Bok Talk time. All right. Yeah, so we're going to do Bok talk. Bok talk again, for those that don't remember, is kind of the segment where I will uh, offer some questions to Michael. Uh, I will somewhat rant and rave, and Michael will either decide to join me or he won't. He will either balk or he will walk. Walk means he joins me. Balk means he's saying, uh, screw you, Rich, you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> in much uh, nicer terms. In much nicer terms, but maybe one day we'll get him fiery enough to tell me that he's that I'm totally wrong. But hey, who knows? He's too nice a guy, maybe. Uh, we remember a couple episodes ago on the very first Bok Talk that we introduced. I was a little ranty and ravy about the dimensions of one new Yankee stadium. And oh. I uh, I was very mad about it. I have another park to add to that list. I do not like the dimensions at Minute Maid at all. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Double hate. Loathe entirely. So, Bawk or Walk, Michael, the dimensions at Minute Maid are just as bad as the dimensions at Yankee Stadium.
0: Before I give my answer because it's going to hinge on how you explain it. Okay. Are are you upset is it all in left field with the Crawford boxes and then that weird wall right next to it?
1: I hate that and I also hate I hate the right field too. I I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's too terrible. short. I think it's too short. I think these guys I, are too strong for that short of a place.
0: I'm going to balk you on it. I don't well, think you're it's... wrong,
1: but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you, you I, go and say that. Let's see how long it takes Michael to be like, you're wrong outright. You shot it first. Now I, uh, I think that obviously not saying that you're saying it's worse than the Yankees are, but uh, minute no. made. I don't think it's that bad. I think the Crawford section, the Crawford box section, is kooky, and that left field is really odd. Although the Giants have the same thing down their right field line, but it, it just does not seem nearly as bad as what Yankee Stadium is. And I'm not gonna, I'm gonna use Fenway as an example. It's totally different because it's so historic, and it's been this way for a hundred years. But and I, left field, I don't complain about because it you. You have to hit it a certain way to get it out, let alone over the monster. Right. It's it's that dead right pole side down the right field line with the pesky pole where it's three oh I think it's three oh two and a toddler could potentially hop over that, that little itty bitty tripping hazard of a wall they have out there. I but,
1: don't disagree. I don't disagree there.
0: I I don't dislike Fenway like I dislike New York. I don't think Minute Maid is nearly as bad. I I'm can't stand
1: it, it because Okay, I, I can't stand Minute Made because I think – forget Jordan's homer last year because he hit it over dead center and it was just a nuke ball and he deserves <laughs> all the credit in the world. And really, thank you Sunday Night Baseball for bringing that up when I was watching the game. Just definitely really <laughs> wanted to see an interview about Jordan Alvarez hitting the, the home <laughs> run to crush my soul out to dead center field. Thank you. Appreciate you for that as a Phillies fan. Anyway, no, I can't stand because I look at – okay, Cody Cle- – I'm going to even pick on my own dude. Yesterday, Cody Clemens' home run to left field yesterday was a joke. It is a routine fly ball that Jordan Alvarez should be able to camp under and squeeze. He didn't get any of that. He didn't hit that a mile. It's not like Castellanos who hit it off the train tracks. That's different. And I'm not even blaming, like, okay, even the right field side, which isn't – Great, but it's not nearly as bad. Like Nick Castellanos robbed a homer out there, and I mean, I'm what's his name? Um, does it all the time. Tucker does it all the yeah. time out there. I just cannot stand when your dimensions are so short. It it doesn't make sense to me anymore. These guys are huge athletes that can take a end of the bat fly ball and hit it three fourteen. I'm sorry, <laughs> nobody deserves to be rewarded for that. Stretch it out. You can keep the Crawford box itself. Push it out. That's all I'm saying. Push the dimension out is all I'm saying. I like Mm -hmm. the actual, like, the Crawford boxes seats themselves. Like, as a fan, I'd want to go and spend money to be in the Crawford box because I feel like you'd get such a cool – you'd almost feel like you're on the field. So I think the the seats themselves are awesome. I hate that the dimensions are so short. Stretch it out. You stretch it out, I have no complaints. I love Mm -hmm. that they got rid of that stupid hill in center field. I hated that for the longest time. (laughs) that thing was like a death trap. I think I almost watched two or three of my center fielders back when they were in the National League almost lose their legs on that thing. Yeah. Um so thank god they got rid of that, but I'm not a fan. I think Minuteman needs to restructure themselves, do better. Do better Minuteman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh you mentioned a couple guys there that are having some really good years. Two of them whom you didn't mention here are two guys that I have uh as my two Cy Young leaders. So Balk or walk, Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen will be the two N two Cy Young candidates for the NL. And I know there's obviously going to be more than them in the Cy Young candidates, but I mean between the two of them. It's going to be between those two. So balk or walk, it will be between Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen. Or I'll let you if you if you balk it, I'll let you take the field if you want to do that. But I think it's those two.
0: I have no reason to balk it, you know, with the numbers that they put up. How dominant Strider has been, oh. uh, I think. I think those is the one and two in the NL Cy Young voting at the end of the year. I don't think it's a hot take. I think it's a good take. I, if I had to guess, I think it would be Strider taking taking the hardware as of right now.
1: Now that I will disagree on. Right now, I think it's I, that
0: one. All right. I mean, that's only fair. because, be... and
1: I, and I mean, and I'm not saying that because I think you're wrong. I think it's. I think you could honestly coin flip either one. I think Gowan has been so dominant to the point of, and I I think we mentioned it either an episode ago or two episodes ago, he's a la Sandy-esque right now, carrying a team. When he goes out there, he gets one run, and it's almost a shoe-in. Obviously, that's not yeah. always true, but it almost feels like the game is over at that point. There's not I, many aces that I feel that way about.
0: No, and I mean, you're not wrong. I it, It's difficult because I really like how Striders look. But I do too. I think Strider's with, ridiculous. With you pointing, I mean pointing the obvious out with Gallen and how he's just been almost shut down as soon as he gets a lead. It, I think Gallon's the easy bet. If anything, I'm more so betting on Strider ends up winning it at the because end of, of the team year. He's on, yeah, which is the worst part. and, and it it sucks in terms of competitive balance. But no, I'll walk with you on that right. one. It'll be between those two.
1: I do. I do think it is pretty impressive that Strider was. Uh, I forget which team it was or a manager. Somebody said it's like facing a closer for five plus innings because of his stuff. And it is, but I also want everybody to remember he got absolutely shellacked by the Phillies in the playoffs. <laughs> and that's all I, <laughs> I want to remember. So uh, now let's I'll not spend- dwell on the past. Oh no, I would never dwell on the past. <laughs> you mentioned them earlier. The St. Louis Cardinals have had a dreadful start to the year. Balk or Walk. St. Louis will miss the playoffs this year.
0: Right now, I'm going to say yes, because...
1: You don't think they could turn it, huh?
0: I mean, if they can keep it where they're at, where it's somewhat attainable to come back from, it would be more so, yeah, obviously they could. But if Pittsburgh keeps playing like they are, then you've got to watch out for them. Uh, Do I see that happening? No. Uh, It's more so going to end up being Milwaukee playing so well is in currently as compared to the Cardinals, Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, would they make a deep run? No, in my opinion, although yes, in the playoffs, anything can happen, but I'm going to say they, they miss it as of the recording of this episode.
1: Yeah. I don't think they make it either right now. It's kind of shocking at this point. They are 10 games back of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like I think that's like eight or nine back of Milwaukee. That's not easy to overcome. The fact that they're behind Cincinnati right now is nuts. And here's what kind of shocks me. I look at their roster, and we talk about how deep their roster is as far as, like, players go. Their hitting Mm. roster is deeper than sin. They're not producing anything. What I think they lack big time, I don't think they have a pitching staff right now. I think their pitching staff is garbage.
0: Outside of really (laughs) who – They have Nicholas is looking
1: like crud. Wainwright hasn't come back up, but he's old, so I don't know what you're getting out of him.
0: Nope. Jack Flaherty, has he? How many starts has he made, if any?
1: Jack Flaherty's had like one or two, if that. I don't remember if he's had more than that, but he hasn't been anywhere. They're looking real ugly on the whole pitching side of things, and that's unusual Mm -hmm. for St. Louis. Usually, St. Louis's pitching staff is what brings them there, and then they have you know. I mean, granted, you have Nolan and you have uh, you have Arenado and you have uh, Goldie every every year. You're already ahead of the game yep. as far as hitting goes. But ugh, I don't even I don't even understand. Huh. It's it's so shocking to watch. I thought Chicago would be the team that kind of r- boat race them. I mean, everybody's boat raced them at this point. <laughs> yeah. My head is blown at this point. This is like what we had last year. You and I both picked Chicago to win the AL Central last year, um, mm-hmm. and Chicago stunk. And <laughs> lost it. We both picked St. Yep. Louis this year, and it looks like it's like almost repeating itself. We need to stop picking the central teams, obviously, because they just aren't allowed to <laughs> do well when both of us pick the same one.
0: No, um, unfortunately, look at Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: Well, I wasn't, gonna bring that <laughs> out, but uh, hey, how you
0: doing? I'll I'll admit it.
1: You mentioned the AL East. We're gonna go to the AL East. The AL East, in case you didn't know, everybody, every single team above 500, a wonderful thing to see. We love to see it with the Yankees being in. Last place, which we love. Ah, <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, Yankees fans, we really don't like the evil empire. It's kind of annoying. Um <laughs> da, da, with that da, being da, said, da. balk or walk at the end of the season, all the AL East teams will remain above five hundred.
0: Oh, balk. Oh you don't believe in Boston. I'm gonna balk that right now. I mean, Boston's the the key team there to prove me right or wrong. But if Chris Sale pitches like he did the other day against, I was going to say he
1: actually looked like he was kind of resurgent there. Yes, exactly. we talk about for a while how he looked cooked, and then uh, I guess he just needed to play Cleveland.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. No, Toodles, no Cleveland for reawakening Chris Sale. You <laughs> bunch of hitless wonders. No, I think easily. I don't want to say easily like that, but even though Boston has been not consistent and not good. I I would almost expect them to at least go 81 and 81. I at okay. worst maybe 80 and 82. Who knows maybe 84, 82 and 80. I, I don't know. Something at least a little respectable like that and <laughs> above 500 I think sh- should be attainable to them. New York, I would not doubt if they don't finish any higher than third. With the way that Tampa Bay is playing, I know that Toronto actually I don't think they have been lights out not to say that they haven't been good that team is stacked too you know it it, all it's going to take is toronto to get on some sort of role and look out uh tampa bay started the year on some sort of role so look out and baltimore is playing really well so and they're they're playing really well too with kyle gibson looking like kyle gibson of old maybe 2023 is the season of resurgences how long that would last who knows but I think it is definitely a possibility uh, all five teams to be above 500.
1: But he still blocks. He still thinks Boston fails the team. So there you go. Just so just so everybody in Boston starts to hate on you. Uh, he doesn't believe in you. I think that it could end all above 500. I don't think Boston's more than like a game or two, but they're above nope. 500. And so <laughs> I think
0: so too. I agree.
1: <laughs> all right. Last one. We are after month one of uh, the season here and we have, These teams on top of their respective divisions, we have Tampa Bay, we have Minnesota, we have Texas, the Rangers, Texas, not the Houston, Texas, just to clarify. We have Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and we have Arizona and L.A. tied, so I'll give them both the credit for being on top. The top teams after this month, balk or walk, the top teams after this month will still be on top next month.
0: I'm going to walk, or sorry, I'm going to balk.
1: You're going to balk, okay. I was going to say, I feel like you're going to balk here. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I'm going to balk so who
1: do you think is not going to be there next month?
0: Arizona won't, not by much. I think between, if, if, if they keep playing the way they are, it could very well be a back and forth between LA, Arizona, and San Diego. Uh With San Diego and LA pulling away ever so slightly as the year goes on, but Arizona okay. not falling out of the picture. I don't see Pittsburgh. Well, I mean, right now... I'm going to say Pittsburgh stays on top in the Central just because they're playing so dominantly. And Milwaukee, whilst good, needs to prove themselves a little bit more for me. Atlanta, I think, is going to stay there. Yeah, Moving well. into the... to, this, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> fine. I, I think they're um, going to stay there, too. Uh, in the West, I think at some point, Houston will take over. Well, I'm just saying
1: much. for next month. I'm only saying one month. Yeah,
0: so. no. And I, I think they'll take over... Next during the month of May, okay, uh, but again, not by much, if any. Yeah, it, it, it could be a virtual it could be a tie, play. like yeah, yeah. I'll say that I'm going to say Minnesota is going to stay in first. Okay, but I think Cleveland does turn the corner, starts playing a lot better, and they and I think if anything throughout May they bump back and forth. I agree um, with that, but I think at the end of May, Minnesota will stay there, and if Cleveland can come back to form realize that they don't need to hit the ball out, leave that to Josie and Josh Bell. I think they'll be right there, and then hopefully can just take off. But oh. then in the East, uh, I don't think that's changing, at least for for May. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think, is just playing too well. They'll stay in first at least through May, at uh, the end of the month.
1: I, I agree with you. I think that there's some taffernate teams that will fall out there. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's real. So mm-hmm. I know you're skeptical on them. I I think they're very real. I think they've got mm-hmm. a very good pitching staff right now, whether it's just resurgence years or they found some diamonds in the rough or whatever they have you. I think Pittsburgh is a very real threat. I, again, I don't know how they would do in the playoff situation, but I think right now they're a very real team and they could threaten to be there. Uh, Atlanta's Atlanta. It drives me nuts, but they're there. Um, I think Houston – I think you're right. Houston has a chance to overtake Texas, but I don't think they have. Houston still has to prove it to me, seeing as the Phillies just went in there and took two out of three from them on their home field. I think they have something to prove. I think Minnesota is going to be there, but Cleveland's going to come nipping at the heels. Tampa, I think, will hold on for now. Don't know how long they'll hold on, though, because while they are hitting the ball ball out of the ballpark and their run differential is ridiculous, I think once they start playing the AL East a little bit more – uh, I think that's going to square back up a little bit. I think uh, huh. I think when they face Baltimore, I think it'll be tougher. I think those things will happen. Team I'm most disappointed in right now that I have to be really honest that I think is going to, besides St. Louis, we mentioned them already, but I I don't think I need to reiterate how sad they are. I think Seattle's kind of. I think Seattle doesn't make the playoffs this year. It's going to be my little hot take at this moment, but they don't look mm-hmm. very good. They were gifted one yesterday from. From Toronto. I don't know what Toronto was doing, not having Romano in that game to close it out. Maybe he just wasn't available, but I think it's stupid yeah. to not have him there. Like, if you've got a closer that can close, let's be honest, he's throwing one inning. Like, how many closing situations are there going to be? You put your closer in. I mean, unless he went 40 pitches the game before, but that's about the only excuse I would have. Um, uh, I think Miami is also going to fall. I think they've been a surprise. Right now, I think they're going to fall back a little bit, but they'll be there. But that is the balk talk for this week, my friend. So you actually balked more than you walked this week. I'm proud of you. It's the first time in a Thank while you. that you balked more than walked.
0: Here, I'll give you a, a balk or walk to finish this off.
1: Oh, I get one now. Okay, let's go.
0: I am going to have a week at some point this season where I don't walk with you once. Maybe even a stretch of episodes where I don't balk with you or I don't walk with you once.
1: I don't know. I know you pretty well. I think I can make that happen where you want to be. <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> you, you guys heard that here. So that way I keep the streak <laughs> yeah. alive.
0: Y'all heard that first. Disregard that opinion. Richie <laughs> might tank that. Make me look silly.
1: No, I won't. I, I won't tank it for you. I only do real ones. Uh, so I actually kind of prefer you to balk anyway. I think it makes it more fun.
0: But guys, we want to thank you for coming out to another edition of What's on Second a true baseball podcast. It's been a fun start to the season so far, you know, we're seven, well, we will be seven episodes in. So we want to encourage you go to those socials, hit up those prior episodes to just listen to us, but also get the names. I know here eventually soon, hopefully we're going to get those names uh, on, on the same page so that it makes it easier for you guys to find them. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you all next week out there on the diamond.